Welcome back to the Seed Planters with the Cameron family. I am your host for today, Suzette, and we are going to be continuing our discussion on the word nurture. At this time, we will have Michelle presenting us with the scriptures and definitions that apply to that word. So the word nurture, we are looking it up in the um, Merriam-Webster Dictionary. And one definition is training, upbringing, with proper focus during early nurture, one can grow into a secure being. That's an example. And that's a quote from Ella Pearson Mitchell. Something that nourishes food, fed him well and nourished himself and took nurture for the road. That's a quote as well from R.D. Blackmore. And the sum of the environmental factors influencing the behavior and traits expressed by an organism. So that's another definition there. Um, To supply with nourishment, for example, care for and nurture a baby. To educate, nurture kids in clean, colorful rooms with the latest books and learning gadgets. And this is a quote from Sue Schellenbarger to foster the development of, so nurture his intellectual inclinations and nurture a friendship. So there's another, so let's see, that was um, a transitive verb and now the, a verb or noun, sorry, it can also be used as a noun and synonyms. There's synonyms for this um, to advance, to cultivate, to encourage, to um, foster, to incubate, to nourish, to nurse, to promote, and their examples. So in the example of a noun, members of the family helped in the nurture of the baby. And as a verb, the study looks at the ways parents nurture their children. She nurtured a secret ambition to be a singer. And that, that's for definitions. Now for scriptures, there are just a couple of verses. Um, Ephesians chapter six, verse four in the King James version says, and ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And then there's a verse from the NIV, Psalm 144 verse 12. Then our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants and our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. And that's what we have for today. Thank you very much, Michelle. I feel that we touched on a lot of those things already. And also with the question that I have, um, I do believe we already discussed some of this. But the question is, as a godly mother, the nurturer in the home, How can you give your home an atmosphere of freedom, welcome, and love, not being stressed by worry? As a godly mother, the nurturer nurturer in the home, how can you give your home an atmosphere of freedom, welcome, and love, not being stressed by worry? So I will start with some of the things I have. Um, The first thing was that the mother must be kind and uphold biblical expectations. So we already had touched on the fact that we were we are nurturing our children to uh, we're fostering them to begin to understand and accept the things of God 
And also we have to train them, which it all goes together, train your children to live godly lives and then discover how they can personally contribute to God's kingdom. So not only are you training them to be able to survive in the world, which most of that we did say was the father's job to um, refocus them and support them and direct them. But it's also a matter of giving them a focus on God's kingdom as a godly mom, um, understanding what their purpose is in life and what their destiny is and helping them to get to that place. And the other thing was we must also know when to let go of the children that we have nurtured. So it's it's that same thing that Michelle spoke about before, understanding when to let go, when to step back, and when to allow um, the child to kind of spread their wings and to be who God has created them to be. So now I'm going to ask Dad if he is able to answer <laughs> this question. Um, what do you feel? I know that you're the dad, but it's a question mainly for a mom. As um, a mom, a godly mom in the home, our mom that um, basically helped you know, raise us and to make us who we are today, how do you feel um, that she was able to give an atmosphere of freedom, welcome, and love, not being stressed by worry? And that's for dad. Okay. Um, it seems to me that the mother <laughs> worries a lot, um, <laughs> especially when they have you know, young children in the home, you know, uh, you got to watch them from, you know, and protect them from danger. You got to always be behind them. And every time they cry, um, they need something, need, a, need attention. And the mom is always there. It's like something inside them that yearns, you know, for the child to be okay 24 hours per day. And sometimes the child would want to cry and, you know, whatever, even if they are comforted or com comfortable, um, their stomach is um, all full, you know, and the temperature in the in the room or in the house is okay. They just cry. They just cry. And sometimes they want the attention. As long as they're up, not sleeping, they want attention of the mom. And the mom is the, the person that the child knows mostly in the home because they're always there for them until they have reached um, a certain age where they can run around and they behave as though they don't need a mom anymore. But um, moms do worry about their children. And I don't know, I heard that there are cases where moms don't worry themselves. They just leave the kids to roam around and do their own thing, as it were. Just that when they're hungry, they make sure they get something to eat. 
But even if they are messed up, they don't pay too much attention. They don't run after them to clean them up. They just let them stay as long as they're doing their own thing and not bothering them. But I think my the way I know it and I've seen it is that the moms are always paying attention to their kids and worry over them, don't want to see anything going wrong with them, and concerned if they hear them cry or make an unusual sound or noise, they are heading towards them to see what's happening. I saw that happen one time, I think it was with Suzette, and she was in a crib, and something happened. She was trying to get out of the crib, and she couldn't get out. She was stuck, and she couldn't go back in. So mom was in the bathroom, <laughs> and she heard Suzette crying out, you know, and mom ran out of the bathroom, and I was saying more on that part. You know, she ran out of the bathroom and went, and she was so upset that something had gone wrong with her. And she grabbed Suzanne, put her close to her chest, and she was wet. But <laughs> she put her close to her chest and, you know, was just like <laughs> trying to comfort her. And, you know, her grandmother was there. She came out and, oh, what's going on? You know, but, um, and I think Michelle was there too. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was some, some day. I just walked past them. <laughs> I went out to the living room because I know I couldn't do anything to help them right there. <laughs> there are three females right there, Michelle, four, her grandmother, um, uh, Suzette and their mom, you know. So, you know, the thing about it, though, is that it shows that there is something there where the mom is concerned, where the kids need to be protected, guarded. And if something goes wrong and they should yell or make a, an unusual noise or sound, they will be rushing to their aid. And it's the same thing in the animal world. I've seen it, you know, the, 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 the young one falls over a precipice and the, and the parent or the mother, not necessarily the male, the, the, the female um, wild animal would come and try, try everything to get them out and they can't get them out and they make so much noise until they get the attention of others who would come and get them out, you know? I've seen an elephant that happened too as well. And they had to jog them out, but it took them a long time because that little elephant was, you know, it was heavy, you know, it was a big uh, deal getting that, that, that youngster out of there. But, um, you know, mothers are special and I think that this topic comes up on Mother's Day, which this is this is very good, and we can. There's a lot of things that we could say about mother and their tender care, and the scripture, or is it a song that says, 
can a mother's tender love cease towards the child she bears? Yet she might be forgetful for a while. But the Father, you know, when he's trying to show that the Heavenly Father, he serves as a mother and father to each and every one of us. And if we will allow him in our lives, he'll do the best job that anyone could do to help us individually and even collectively as a fa family. And we can get through all of our difficulties and we are able to give him thanks in the end for he has been good to us. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, Dad, <laughs> for the little stories. I think um, I do vaguely remember some of those incidents where with the crib involved with the crib. And I think there was another one. I'm, I'm thinking it, I think it was Nicole who fell out and um, hit their head and um, the same reaction mom came running. So it's a, it's a normal thing. It's, I believe an, any good mom would want to run to the rescue of their child. If they really love and care for them, there's that attachment um, I'm not sure how people don't develop a bond after carrying a child for nine months or even more than nine months, but it's just to, to know that God has created us this way and it's, it's for, it's the purpose for which he has created us is to be that nurturer. So this question is now for Nicole, as a godly mom in your home, um, how can you give your home an atmosphere of freedom, welcome, and love? trying not to be stressed by worry. So I think what daddy said was very um, important in terms of the fact that moms probably tend to worry, um, but you don't want to pass it on to your children or at least have them um, hold some of that burden of the worry. So then the goal is to, you know, give a calm space for them to grow, develop, to feel safe. And I think for me, it would be praying over them. I think, you know, giving them into the hands of God, because I can't always be in every moment where they are. And even if I am, I may not always be able to protect them as well as I may want to. So praying for them, I think is a big Part of it, I think, um, kind of circling back to something you said in the beginning, Suzette, of um, not losing your patience with them. And so kind of being more quiet when you speak to them um, and not yelling, you know, or getting frustrated because you remember, you know what, they're young. I used to be young. You know, what would I have wanted someone to say to me when I was little and something like this happened? And um you know, kind of being a joy in the home. So, you know, even if you're frustrated, you know, kind of trying to do something to cheer your child up, I think that shifts the atmosphere. Um, so I'll say, you know, today, even though it's Mother's Day, it's also 
I think every day is like a day of work. So even though it's Mother's Day, I was working with my kids today doing schoolwork because they are still um, at home doing, you know, virtual schooling with the pandemic. So on my days off, I do schoolwork with them. And I was trying, I think I wanted to get it done as smoothly as I could have, but both of the children were not having that this morning. And it was kind of frustrating to me. I did definitely get frustrated, but then I had to kind of take a step back and say, you know what, I have to shift my approach um, because I don't want them to be discouraged. I don't want them to be upset or sad. And so I had to change my wording and kind of, you know, make things a little bit more encouraging for them. Um, and, you know, it's a daily thing. It's a daily um, mindset that you have to have, you know, that I want to make sure that my children do grow up in the way that um, God wants them to and that I want them to. And so I have to set the stage for that. And that is a lot of times with your words and your attitude. Thank you very much, Nicole, for that reminder of um, being patient learning how to be very patient with your children. So for Michelle, you being the godly mom in your your home, the nurturer, how can you give your home that atmosphere of freedom, welcome, and love, and really trying not to be stressed by worry? Yeah, so um, I discovered along the way that um, I... I hold on to things like, for example, if something is really bothering me, I, it's hard for me to just let it go. And so I needed to learn as soon as possible how to get through things that happened that were either hurtful or disappointing or whatever. And I say that because if I don't fix that, then I won't have the patience to deal with what I have to deal with in, in our home. So I started going to therapy. Uh, I don't remember how long ago now it's been a while and I still go, I, I'm still there. And I think having that plus um, a couple of mentors that I can talk to about different things kind of help the process of me being, um, nurturing here at home. So um, then I won't have to snap at him if he says or does something that's not, you know, not really how I would want something to be. And the other thing that I have practiced of late is to revisit conversations that we've had and see if maybe I was wrong in maybe the way I thought of something. And then I would go back and I'd revisit, I'd literally revisit the conversation with him. And I said, so when I said that to you yesterday, how did it make you feel? Da, da, da. You know, because I wanted, I want him to feel comfortable enough to say things to me that even things I don't want to hear. That's might sound strange, but that's really true. I want him to feel like he can tell me just about everything. And so even yesterday or no, the day before he came to me hours later after I said something to him and he said, so do you really want to know why I didn't do X, Y, and Z? I said, okay. All right. I said, yes, actually, I really do want to know. <laughs> and then he explained to me what happened and I said, oh, 
okay. And then I realized that I was wrong. I apologized immediately. And then I started to reflect. And, you know, the, the whole thing of trying to course correct as you raise a child, um, sometimes people don't want to admit that they have to do that. But you, you really do have to. If you want the child to be healthy, if you want the child to not see you as being um, unfair or too harsh or whatever it is, you have to be willing to, you know, look at things a different way. And the whole thing today of today's generation, you really can't say because I said so. <laughs> My generation and generations older than me, that worked. The, this generation today, they are going to need reasons why you can't say, do something or say something or whatever it is. Um, why can't they go places or why can't, you know, they're going to want to hear. So you have to be ready for all of these types of things. And I think having your mind clear in terms of going to therapy as needed um, with mentors on the side and having um, a more objective outlook on things where you're willing to step back and say, maybe I was wrong and revisit things. That's, that's how that would go at least in my, my home. Okay. So we have different perspectives. I really like um, <laughs> how this is going right now. It's very good. Um, my next question is now looking at the children when they're grown up. So Nicole's not quite there yet with, with her children, but um, just to have some kind of perspective, what are some of the challenges we face after developing an independent adult? So I have one independent adult right now. <laughs> so I guess um, I could start with that. I feel the way that she became independent was when I had to leave the East and come to the West and it wasn't, I didn't really feel that it was a, uh, a choice that I was able to make freely. It felt almost like it was just the time, the time for it to happen. And I wasn't ready, to be honest. She wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for us to separate because I felt that she needed more nurturing, even though she was moving off to college. I felt that she needed me even more, even though she wasn't going to be living at home that um, just to be there for anything that she may need. But it still worked out that way because she was able to, we conversated a lot. She um, had a lot of questions. I was able to, able to help her through a lot of situations. And so not being directly with her did not mean that I was not able to still offer um, what it is that she needed at that stage of her life. Um in answering that, it's um, we may struggle to allow our child or children to live freely as an adult. So that, that was part of it. I don't know if you're ready. I'm not sure if you're ready. But everything that I have taught you, I'm hoping that you're going to use it now, um, including your basis on standing on the word of God, knowing who God is for yourself, having accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and um, wanting to make sure that you allow him to be the head of your life. Um, we have to allow them to make their own decisions, even when we don't understand or agree with them. 
So kind of going along with um, what Michelle was saying, you know, her son is coming into his own and beginning to understand who he is as a, a young man. And even though everything may not be the way that, or he may, his thinking may not be what she would want it to be on a certain situation or circumstance, understanding that it is him being an individual, understanding who he is and the choices and decisions he makes, it may not seem like it should be that way, but allow him to be who God has created him to be and see what the outcome will be. Understanding that you can get to the end without going, there's so many routes to get to a certain goal and he may be taking a different route that will get him where God wants him to go and understanding that the Lord is also touching his heart and allowing him to have insight into things that she may not be able to see. And so I understood that for myself where um, God was doing some work and I may not see the whole picture, but just seeing that he was doing his work in her life, in my daughter's life, knowing that I had to let go and step back and allow him to do that. Um, we also have to be able to receive them in love when they make mistakes and they want to return to us for help. So I can take that personally where I, um, I'm not going to say my daughter was a mistake. I'm just going to say the timing was, may not have been correct. Um, but at the same time, not feeling that I was standing alone, my, my dad actually invited me to return home. So he was extending that love and forgiving me and allowing me to return for help. So that was also um, a challenge that I was facing as an, an independent adult, young adult, but he was actually there to help. And he was exhibiting the love that I believe God, the godly love, the one that, you know, where Christ wanted him to show that compassion and give that forgiveness, just as how we look to Christ for him to forgive us for the wrongs that we have done. So when you expect something from the Lord, you should be able to also pass that on and give that to someone else. So I'm going to ask, hmm, let me ask dad, what are some of the challenges we face after developing an independent adult? So you have, you have three adults, <laughs> adult children. So what, what were some of the challenges that you faced after having seen us grow up and become independent? Okay. You know, I I think uh, it was easy for me. <laughs> you all are concerned. If if the, if that if any of you were a male, I think it would have been probably harder, <laughs> because you know you, sometimes you have resistance coming from a male in the sense that. They want to determine everything they do and how they do it in their home. Um, the females, they'll listen uh, to, to a point where they said, okay, it's time to go. But i tell you what is that for me, of all the people that have come into my life, in the family, from my mother 
my wife, for you three, my daughters, <laughs> and my mother-in-law who spent some time with us in the home. I don't, I, I don't think it was very easy to see you all just depart from the home. I think I, I, you see, I wasn't worried about any one of you staying around us. My mother passed when she was 39 years old and I was living with them, her and my father at the time and my siblings. And I was the only male there. So, you know, I've been having it from that time as the only male. And then I come and have my own home and I was the only male there. And when I see my female, um, female youngsters getting out and leaving, I didn't really want him to go. <laughs> you know, any of you, I don't want you to go. But I know that the time does come when, you know, it's like the bird with the nest. And I'm told about the eagles that build their nest right over a precipice. And when it, they fed the, and nurtured, as we, we're talking about it, and they have nurtured their young ones over a period of time, maybe just a few months, and they think that it's time for them to go and hunt for themselves and uh, take care of you know, their own lives. And they won't make a budge. They pull out the straws from underneath them in the nest. And they have to go, and they'll go down, and they have to start exercising those wings. But before that happened, the, the mother would show them how to do this. And it's always the mother, you know. I think about, I think about that. Would climb out to the edge of the nest and start flapping her wings, you know, and showing them how it's done, and then the. She'll take off. And so they have to fly. If not, they're going to drop way down and, and it's a hard one. <laughs> you know, they might die. But, you know, there's always a survival instinct there where they're concerned. And we have the same thing. When my daughters were leaving, good thing they didn't all just leave all at once. But you know, the time came when they had to go, and I didn't rush them. As a matter of fact, I didn't really want them to go, but they had to go. And I remember giving away two of them. <laughs> and it was tough, and the minister said to me, Do you, want to take, you don't seem to like you want to take part in this. And I'm like, how does he know that? <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there, I'm standing there, and I'm like, and I'm repeating what he was saying to to them, to me, rather. And 
he wasn't. He was smiling a bit, but it didn't seem like he, he liked. Um, doing uh, carrying out the, the function at that time when he thought that I wasn't in it fully. I don't know why, I don't know how, but uh, he went through with it and everything went well at that point. But um, the thing is that I would not tell any of my daughters to leave this time to go. I will try to help them while they're there. If they ask for help or if they need help, and I would make sure that they're comfortable while they're there. And they're part of me. And the thing about it is that their mother passed away before that stage. <clears throat> And although um, their grandmother was around to help, I I just thought I had to do my part. And they were growing up, um, I think late teens and early 20s, when they decided uh, one by one they are going to go. I think it was after college and Sometime, uh, well, at least a couple of them, it's before they're finished with their training for their professions. But, you know, I personally enjoyed their presence while they were there. And I think, as uh, Suzette mentioned something to the effect about the love of a parent, you know, um, we show that love and concern for those who are ours. Just like I'm thinking the Heavenly Father, God himself, whom we have not seen face to face, but we know he exists because he lives within our hearts. He's taking care of us. And he won't tell us to leave his presence. He invites us to come into his presence daily. And so we have an example, a great example, set for us by his son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent into this world. And personally, I love that. And I would exchange it for anything else. The experience that I have had with my daughters, my family in general over the years. Things are a little rocky sometimes, but for me, that's part of life. And it happens on the job, it happens elsewhere in society. But for me, family is what it's all about. My present wife, you know, we go over quite a few things in our, our past. In the past. 
but <clears throat> you know we've had rough times we've lost loved ones recently because of covid and other such things but we stuck together through it and god bless her and god bless you all i'm happy to be here sharing with you this evening again god bless you thank you dad we appreciate and love you also and we hmm i didn't actually realize you you weren't ready for us to go <laughs> at the time that we were going but you one thing i do know is that you were supportive of our decisions um whether good or bad we learned from um mistakes or whatever it is but it's the important thing was that you were there to support and you never tried to change our minds, but you were always trying to see the good in everything that we did. And so I do appreciate that. So for Nicole, you don't have adult children as yet, but what are some of the challenges that you believe you would face after developing these young this young man and young woman to become an independent adult? Um, so for me, I think, you know, some of the challenges might be really the letting go. Um, as everyone was talking, I was just thinking about the parenting role or the child role. It, it just transitions, right? Because that relationship is always there. They're not going to not be your child just because they're an adult. Um, but the function of it changes or transitions. Um, and I feel like with daddy, it was very um, natural. It was very organic. So it kind of, it wasn't that he was like, okay, now you're an adult, figure it out. You know, it just kind of happened. And, and I think because of all the nurturing that we had when we were younger, it prepared us to think for ourselves, to understand our environments, to make decisions. And because daddy knew that, um, he was able to say, you made your decision. I'm going to support you. I'm always here for you. Um, and so I think that's why for, from us, we may not have felt like he was like, no, don't go. But in his heart, you know, that, that the heartstrings are still pulled because that's your child. Um, so I think for me, that's, probably going to be the hard part is being able to um, not feel sad when they eventually move on to be adults and living their own lives. My youngest, who is nine, she speaks of things like that. And she has done that for years when she talks about, I'm going to have my own kids or I'm going to, you know, th do this and that. And it's interesting because she can see ahead already. Um, and as a parent, I'm like, whoa, like, <laughs> I need you to just stay nine. Um, and I'm even getting emotional just thinking about it. So I think that's going to be the hard part for me. I want them to grow. I want them to thrive. That is my goal. That is what I pray for. But I think emotionally, I'm going to have to mature as the parent to get to that point to kind of let them fly and soar, as daddy was talking about with the eagles. Um, but I think, you know, with the question, I looked at it or I thought about it from the perspective as, of me as the adult and daddy, as my father, 
that when it was time for me to go, that he helped me move. He literally drove with me for the 18 or 19 hours straight from New Jersey to Florida to help me move when I got my first job as, or my training position um, in my career. And that's the best nurturing that I can think of. He continues to display the parent role of nurturing, even there were all very grown adults. Um, but that support was, was there. And, um, it meant a lot to me because I was doing something completely out of the box, completely different. Um, and he was there to support me and help me in whatever I needed at that point. And he continues to do that. So thank you, daddy. If I never said that, however many years ago that was, but thank you. <laughs> thank you very much, Nicole. That was very good. Um, we learn a lot when we talk, we have these conversations and it's very, um, I believe that it's going to help someone who's listening, um, just to not just to know who we are or what has, um, contributed to making, making us the people that we are today, but also to help them with their decisions and their choices that they have to make in life. So for Michelle, what are some of the challenges that you face um, knowing now that your son is on the cusp of becoming an adult. All right. So, um, legally he's an adult, but there's so many other things I see where he needs to learn or, or understand and grow into before transitioning out. So what, um, what I am working on is intentionally teaching now. And in fact, I told him that I said, I want you to realize something that when I open my mouth now for the next, however many years we have left together, these are intentional teaching moments. I'm showing you things, showing you how things work. Like for example, we are going to wash my car. As soon as we get a really nice day, we're washing it together. So I'm going to show him as we're washing the car, what to do, how to do it, what to look for. I plan to pop the hood open and kind of show him a little bit of the lay of the land there. Daddy did that for us when we were older and had our cars. And so I want to kind of, you know, introduce him to some of the things that um, someone his age needs to be aware of and know. And while I'm doing it, I'm praying <laughs> that my heart will catch up to the fact that he's not a little kid anymore and that he needs me to release the reins so that he can explore, discover, learn, and grow and become who he needs to become. And then when that day comes when he says, hey, um, I got an apartment or hey, I clo I'm closing on a house, that I am ready to hear that this is it, I'm leaving, and I don't crumple into a pile of tears. I can't guarantee that that won't happen. Cannot guarantee that. Um, so he's graduating from high school next month, and I'm already trying to process what that means. And I don't know how I'm going to respond on that day, but I'm praying that I'll respond in a way that doesn't embarrass him. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's, it's a process. It's a process. It's a way it, you, you have to, 
basically tell yourself that you have done the best that you could do. You have taught every lesson that you can think of teaching. You are being intentional. You are um, trying to be open-minded to certain things. You're trying to have the hard conversations. Um, you're trying to understand how they see life because their perspective is definitely different from, from ours. And just set the example as well, you know, with our lifestyle. Like for me, I'm a single mom. I don't have, you know, I'm not, there's not a different guy in here all the time for him to be like, okay, um, that's not the case. I intentionally live my life in a way where he understands that the covenant of marriage is very important for us and that that's how things should be. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a journey. Um, and today was a very emotional mother's day for me because it's my first mother's day being the mother of an adult. So, um, I'm still trying to process what that means. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. All right. Thank you so very much. Um, so for our final reflections, I would like to ask Michelle to share with our audience, um, leave a word with them concerning the word nurture. What would you like to leave with our listeners today? Yeah. So one thing I would say for our listeners, I want you to see nurturing as something that is primary. It's very important for our children to know and for whoever is in your life that you have the opportunity to nurture, that you will spend the time, you'll be intentional, you will um, listen to hear what their concerns are, um, you're patient with them, and you're supportive as much as possible because the nurturing is what helps that person become the healthy, well-rounded person that they need to be when they become fully grown, fully adult, or even if it's an adult that needed nurturing for some reason, they are in that position to, you know, um, let's say they were sick or something, that when they are healed and better after you've nurtured them back to health, their hearts are filled with gratitude for what you've done and they are now a stronger and a better person as a result. So just understand that nurturing is very important in life, um, especially with those who you love. Thank you very much. So I'm going to ask Nicole, um, what is it that you would like to leave with our listeners today, the final reflections on the word nurture? So for me, um, it's a daily thing. Nurturing has to happen on a daily basis. Um, and it takes attention. It takes focus and thought. Uh, and it's intentional. You have to plan because like Michelle was saying, the goal is to get them to adulthood and to get to their purpose, you know, to figure out who God designed them to be. And it's all incubating in that setting of the nurturing. Uh, so that would be my, or those would be my final thoughts. Thank you very much, Nicole. So um, everyone has covered a lot of things that I would um, say, but I just want to remind our listeners that um, 
the responsibility lies with the mom, according to the scripture, to be the nurturer. And just remember that as uh, this being your responsibility, you should very, you should take it very seriously about being the one to take care of and not just to take care of your children and those that fall into your arms for um, you to be responsible for because they don't have to be your biological children. But just understand that it is um, the impact that you have on them can shape who they are for life. And just realize that the choices they make may be just based on something that you have said, something you have done, or the way that you do something. And just know that um, you can't just do wrong things and it not affect your children. Um, be very conscientious with the things that you do, not saying I'm an adult, so I can do whatever I want, but understanding that there's an impact and also understanding that uh, the scripture does say that the sins of the parents actually follow through the third and fourth generation. So let us um, be mindful of what we do, the choices that we make, the decisions that we make, and the things that we say, and make sure that we do what we do with purpose. So at this time, I would like to thank our listeners for joining us today for this episode of Seed Planters as it pertains to the word nurture. Um, Join us again next time. We just want to thank you for uh, taking the time to be with us and to share with us. And we do enjoy what we do to the glory of God. Thank you. Mm -hmm.